Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dear Christian friends, the little boy had gotten his hand stuck on the inside of one of his mother's rather valuable vases. Much as he tried to, to wiggle and squeeze and contort his hand, he couldn't, he couldn't pull it out. And reluctantly, he finally cried out to his mom for help. When she arrived on the scene, you could understand that she was angry at first, but that anger suddenly transitioned to worry as she too was unable to help him free his hand from the vase. Unsure of what to do, she called her neighbor. He came over and he assessed the situation and he wisely asked the little boy if he had anything in his hand. Little boy replied, yes, my favorite marble. And of course, the, the neighbor suggested to him that he open his fist, let the marble go, and then they'd be able to pull his hand out of the vase and retrieve the marble afterward. So the boy's hand was successfully freed, the, the vase was safe. Today, as we talk about fear, I want you to replace that little boy with yourself in the illustration. It's your hand that is stuck inside the vase, only it's not a favorite marble that you're holding on to, but it's rather a fear. A fear that, that you have held on to for, who knows, maybe, maybe just weeks, maybe months, maybe years, but a fear that, that you haven't been able to let go to this point. I reached out and, and asked others when they knew that I was talking about fear this Sunday to, to share with me what their fears were and, and what fears they thought needed attention and needed to be addressed in any sermon or message. And, and the answers were absolutely all over the place and, and there were many of them from things like you, what you'd expect, snakes, to maybe what you wouldn't expect, like a fear of, of long words. Of course, some were humorous responses. And then some pretty heavy stuff as well. Loneliness, death, dementia, rejection, failure. Things that many of us can relate to. And I want you to imagine, to picture whatever fear it is that, that you have on your heart, on your mind today, that that is the fear that you are holding on to uh, in that vase. And now I'm, I'm going to ask a, a question that might seem like a silly one, because if you are watching this or listening to it, then one would assume that of course you want to get past, you want to overcome, you want to face this fear, but I'm going to ask you anyways, are you interested in getting past it, in dealing with this fear, or not? Again, it might seem like a, a silly question if you've tuned in already, but here's why I ask. If you look back on your life, ask yourself, what have you really done to this point to try to face or overcome that fear? Now, admittedly, there are some cases where many of you have, have done much, that you have exhausted yourselves, that you've tried maybe again and again to overcome a fear, but, but probably for most of us, for many of us, the, the flip side is true as well, that honestly, we haven't really done a whole lot to deal with that fear. We've, we've named it, we've called it out, we've maybe shared it with others, maybe not, but we've actually just kind of gotten used to it, haven't we? Because after all, you learn to adjust if you have one hand stuck in that vase, you still have another hand, don't you? 
there's still quite a lot that you can do in life. You realize what you can and can't do and you just adjust accordingly rather than dealing with that fear. Why, why do you think that is? Why is it that, that we'll go through uh, significant portions of our life dealing with fear instead of facing it, instead of overcoming it, just accepting that fear as just normal in our lives? I wonder if it's because dealing with that fear or facing it often means change. And change isn't easy for many of us. See, it's, it's easy for us. What's easy is, is to remain right where we are right now, to be comfortable with what we're familiar with. That means we don't have to take any risks. That means we don't have to really push ourselves or grow. Uh, we don't have to pursue personal growth. We don't have to develop ourselves. We don't have to step outside our comfort zones. We can just kind of stay right where we're at and it's fine and well. We'll simply blame fear because everybody's got fears and everybody will nod in agreement when we tell them, oh, we're afraid of this, that, and the other thing. And then they'll likely share their fears as well. So we're all okay with it. But if you aren't really interested in, in dealing with your fear, facing it, or, or striving to overcome it, or put it into perspective today, then you may, you may want to just tune out because I don't know that anything after this is going to be of much value to you if you are more content just blaming your fear and, and keeping you where you're at in some area of life or another. But if you are interested in actually facing it, overcoming dealing with it and acknowledging your fear, then I want you to, to go back into that vase where your hand is holding on to that fear that you named already uh, today. And I want you to, to open up your fist. I want you to peel back your fingers and see exactly what it is that you are holding on to, what that fear really looks like. You know what you're going to see as you peel back your fingers? Nothing. Think about it. Fear is, is really nothing more than the negative anticipation of something in the future happening, isn't it? But your fear of this, that, or the other thing is not reality. It hasn't even happened. It may never happen. And that's what's so debilitating about fear is that so many of us can be crippled and limited in our lives, confined and bound up by something that hasn't even happened. It's simply the negative anticipation of that thing happening that hijacks us. Now, some of you might be saying, well, no, that's not necessarily true. I have a legitimate fear of snakes because I've been bitten by a snake. I, I have a legitimate fear of being fired from my job because I've been let go before. I know why I'm afraid of being alone because I'm alone right now and it terrifies me. So don't tell me that, that this is just the anticipation of what might happen. I've actually dealt with it. While that may be true that you've dealt with it in the past, the fact is that, that your fear today from that past event is simply projecting the same thing happening again in the future every time you experience that scenario or try to deal with it. And that's simply not rational. 
because something has happened to you one time in the past is not a guarantee that that is going to be what happens to you every time. If you got bit by a snake, does that mean every time you, you see or are around a snake that you're going to be bit? No, of course it doesn't. Because you've gotten fired once, does that mean that you're going to get fired from every job in the future? No. Because you are alone, does that mean you will always be alone? No. How many people today would not be able to, to ride a bike, something that we look at as relatively trivial, right, today, if we had not overcome that fear of falling off? If you determined when you were a child or later on in life, whenever you learned to ride a bike, if you determine that you're not going to do it because every time you try, you will absolutely fall and crash, you would never have gotten up on a bike, would you? But you don't think twice about that. And in fact, if you look back on your life, really our lives are, are patterns of, uh, are littered with, they're, they're one track record of fears that we actually faced and overcame. And there are many of them, aren't they? We were afraid at that one time. Why aren't those fears still with us today? Because we actually did the thing, because we overcame it, because we faced it, and it turns out that it didn't play out the way that we had feared. Eventually, we overcame it. So it's, it's not just that, that fear is irrational because it's based on something that hasn't even happened. Here's the other dangerous thing about fear is it limits our possibility. Instead of the thing that you fear today or any time, instead of imagining that worst-case scenario, that fear being realized, flip that scenario around into a best-case scenario. What if, instead of the thing that you fear most, the best possible thing, the best possible outcome could result by you facing that fear? So you step out of your current job for the dream job, and what if you are wildly successful at it, and you enjoy it more than you could possibly ever have imagined? What if instead of being afraid of being alone, and, and how that has hijacked all of your relationships because you, you projected yourself to be, well, not true to yourself and somebody that you're not really uh, at all, but then you, you suddenly were content with who you were, what if you found blessing in singleness or when you were real and true to yourself, to who you are, you actually ended up finding somebody that was better than you could ever have dreamed or imagined? What if the difference in the impact that you could make in, in other people's lives, what if that would far surpass what you ever could have imagined? You'll never know if you allow fear to cripple you and hold you back because it's keeping you from possibility. The disciples could relate. They had a very real and, yes, specific fear in the verses from our gospel today. Now, we don't have all the time to backtrack to the verses that preceded our verses from Matthew 10 today, but I'll summarize them. And basically, Jesus was giving a job description of what they could expect when he was sending his disciples out to preach the good news, to tell the world that there was a savior from sin, Jesus. And Jesus' job description, quite frankly, wasn't very promising or encouraging. He told them they would be rejected by people, that, that people would not want to hear his message at all, their message at all, that, that they would be flogged and arrested, 
that they would be imprisoned, that they would be persecuted, uh, that they are going to endure a, a very difficult road ahead of them. And tradition, of course, maybe you know, tells us that all but one of the disciples actually died because of their faith. They were martyred. So Jesus gives them this job description, and, and humanly speaking, of course we'd understand they have every reason to be afraid if that's what Jesus is telling them they're going to experience. So how does Jesus soothe their fears? Listen to what he says in, in verse 26. He says, So do not be afraid of, of them. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. Now, maybe that sounds to you like, like Jesus is saying to the disciples, look, I know it's going to be tough, but don't worry about it because anybody who gives you a hard time, they're going to get theirs. Let me assure you, justice will be served. Anybody who mistreats you, persecutes you, flogs you, don't you worry, they'll have it coming to them. And if you're the disciples hearing that from Jesus, maybe, maybe your reaction would be something like this. Well, that's, that's nice to know, Jesus. Thank you for letting us know that. I'm glad justice will be served. But maybe you could add something that would be a, a, a little more valuable, a little more practical to, to us. Maybe you could send out some buff bodyguards with us to protect us. I don't know. Maybe a, a shrewd lawyer to help us when we get in any legal predicament. Something like that would, would really be helpful in facing our fears. But no, Jesus says, don't worry. Whatever those who, who persecute you, who speak against you, whatever they do, it's going to be revealed and it will be dealt with. Jesus continues uh, alleviating their fears. He says in verse 28, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Again, I know what Jesus is trying to say, but maybe it sounds to you a little bit like it does to me, as if Jesus is saying, you think all those things are bad? You're afraid of, of being rejected? Uh, of maybe spending a little time in jail overnight? Pfft, you ain't seen nothing. That's not at all what you should be afraid of. You should be afraid of the one who can send you to hell. Well, Jesus, that doesn't make me feel much better. Maybe you can relate to this experience growing up uh, it was kind of the, the go-to, the default on the part of, of my parents with our siblings uh, that if we were whining or we were crying about anything, either prematurely or anticipating something bad that was going to happen, mom or dad would, would use this catchphrase, and I found myself using it as well, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Now, if to this day you don't know what that threat means, then I'm guessing in your childhood you probably never experienced or understood why God put all that extra padding on our backsides. But, but that's a terrifying thing, isn't it? That, that's not something our parents would say to comfort us in the face of our fears, but, but to get us to straighten up. And so when Jesus says this here to his disciples, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul. Don't be afraid of the ones who can maybe, what, end your life or put you in prison or flog you or persecute you. Be afraid of the one who determines your eternity and whether it is going to be spent in community with Jesus or cut off apart from him. With him or apart from him forever. Jesus says, that's what you need to fear. Wow. 
Jesus really has a way with words, doesn't he? Actually, yes, yes, he does. And here's why his words matter so much, because they offer for us perspective. Step back and, and acknowledge something with me that if there's one thing that we have learned from this pandemic over the first part of this year, it's the illusion of control. We tend to think that as everything is hunky-dory and going smooth sailing in our lives, that we're actually in control. And then something like this comes and it turns our world upside down and we realize how little control we actually have and that it is actually just an illusion anytime we feel like we're in control. You don't have any control over the things that are going to happen to you tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. But for some reason, when things are, are going well, we have this idea that we're the ones that are in control. Jesus says, why are you focusing on the things uh, that you can or can't control in this life? He says, what you really should be worried about is the one who controls what happens in the next life. And Jesus points out, that's, that's me. I'm the one who determines whether you're going to be in heaven or hell. But Jesus doesn't leave us hanging or the disciples hanging with that. There's a reason that he gives us this perspective on what we ought to fear the most because he hasn't left us wondering how he's going to determine where we're going to end up. He says in verses 32 and 33, Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. So Jesus brings everything into perspective by pointing out, don't be afraid of the stuff of this world. Be afraid of the one thing that matters. Where are you going to spend eternity? He tells us that's what we should be terrified of. And then he turns right around and says, but with me, you have nothing to be afraid of. Because if you acknowledge me before men, if you believe in me, if you trust in me, if you know me as your Savior from sin, then you're good with me and with the Father because I'll acknowledge you before him. If you trust that I am your Savior from sin and that I came to live the perfect holy life that God demanded of all of us and that is required for any of us to get into heaven, if you believe and, and you trust that, that the death that Jesus died, his suffering, was, was for the sin that you and I have committed and that God accepts that payment for sin, if you believe, if you acknowledge that Jesus rose from the dead and that is a promise of our own resurrection from the dead, if you believe and trust all of these things, then you have nothing to fear. Nothing to know in and trust that Jesus faced the ultimate fear, suffering in hell for your sins and mine. If you trust and you believe that he did that for you and me, then friends, that will not be your fate. Jesus puts everything into perspective for us today reminding us, making us aware of really the only thing that should be on our radar, 
the only fear that, that really is a legitimate fear, but then turns around and promises us that in him we have nothing to be afraid of. Our, our status before God isn't dependent on our effort. It's not dependent on our good works. It's completely dependent on God and his grace, which gave us Jesus as our Savior, who faced fear so that we wouldn't have to face the fear of eternal separation from God forever. So to bring that into perspective, think back to the fear that, that you had with your fist stuck in that, that vase. And as you open it up and realize there was really nothing there other than the anticipation of something happening. And, and put it into perspective and hear Jesus tell you that you have nothing to be afraid if he has removed uh, the eternal fear that all of us would otherwise have. So what are you afraid of? Failure? Rejection? Loneliness? Dementia? Letting others down? Death itself? When put into proper perspective, we recognize that, that we don't need to fear those things. And not only that, but we can also face our other fears that might hold us back from greater possibility of, of God using us to serve uh, and to do things in his kingdom and for others uh, on a level which we could have never imagined. Stop and put it all into perspective and look at that fear and stop letting it cripple you. Dear friends, don't let your fear hold you back because you know that Jesus always holds you up. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.